Praise God. We've already been blessed. Amen. Give us a little lights in the house. Amen. Thank you. Want to see your beautiful faces. You're all together beautiful. Well, act like you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Amen. Even if you're a man, you're beautiful. There's nothing wrong with you. Hallelujah. Thank you for your enthusiasm. No. Hallelujah. There's not a single fault in you. That's how the Lord sees you. Well, what about sin? It's been removed. Gone. Y'all are quiet. You just got real quiet there all of a sudden. Praise the Lord. Um, amen. Well, welcome, Indianapolis. And uh, I, I want to share something about seeing Jesus. And uh, seeing him is seeing him in his word. Looking through his word, seeing him. Because, see, as we behold him, we're changed. 2 Corinthians 3. But we need to know how to behold him. See him in his word. Meditate on the word. And see, we're not reading the word um, to check something off of our box to say we read, we read our scripture for today. <clears throat> Just like when you eat natural food, you don't say, oh, I got to eat. You eat because you're hungry. We're, and, and so we, we want we, we, we want to feed on the word of God. We want to, see, not we have to. See, under law, it's like, ah, I got to do this. I got to read. I got to pray. But under grace, I want to read. I want to spend time with my heavenly father. I want to have little conversations with him throughout the day. Thank you, Jesus. And I tell you how I, I grew in the word real fast when I first got turned on to the word of God years and years ago. I would just keep hearing the word. I think this is something that people miss, and it's very simple. Um, in Galatians 3, it says, and these were people that uh, were, were, they were Gentile believers, these Galatians, but they were falling back to the law because these uh, Judaizers tried to convince them that they need to keep the law plus Jesus, Jesus plus the law. But see, the gospel is Jesus plus nothing. And Jesus plus nothing equals everything. When you have him, you have it all. Thank you, Lord. You know you bless people today? Y'all a little quiet. You need Carla to come up here and motivate you. You need her to come up here and yell at you. <laughs> no, she doesn't yell. She's an encourager, a motivator. Motivate you with that word. Amen. So these Galatians uh, were the, the the Jews were trying to convince them that they need some. The, the law, 
as well as Jesus. And Paul was really frustrated with that. He called him. He said, you, 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 you foolish Galatians. That's how he starts the chapter off. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Everybody say hearing of faith. Hearing of faith. That's how I just let, let you help me preach. That will get you involved. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? What's flesh? Self-effort. See, we don't live according to self-effort. We live by his grace. Thank you, Jesus. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Notice verse 5, it says, Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. You want miracles in your life? Watch this. Does he do it by the works of the law? That's what the flesh is connected to, the works of the law, or, or by the hearing of faith. And here's a secret to seeing Jesus. Just if, if, if you feel like that you really, uh, you're a little off, Jesus centers you. I mean, I mean, you just, Jesus brings you back into center because he is the center. Okay? Just keep seeing Jesus. But one of the ways that you can do it is very simple. Like when I, when I first started in the Word, I just kept hearing the Word. Back then it was cassette tapes. It's easier now. Everybody's got smartphones. There's um, CDs and MP3s, DVDs. I mean, it's so easy. And the easiest thing to do is to load, <clears throat> load the gospel on your smartphones and on your tablets and get you, get you some headsets where you can hear that word and put that word in your ear, play it in your car. And you know what you're doing? When it's the gospel, no mixture, no cocktails, no mixed drinks. When you're listening to the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace, the, God, the, the, the gospel, the good news of God's unconditional love, and when you, when you, when you see that, when you're hearing that, see, you're, when you're hearing that, guess what you're doing? You're seeing Jesus. Amen, church. I'm preaching here. Thank you, Lord. I mean, you get built up. The scripture is able to build you up, shows you your inheritance, and it gives you a boldness. Puts a glide in your stride, as they used to say in the old days. A dip in your hip. I mean, you can walk with some boldness. You, you know that you're more than a conqueror. Um, that message that Trisha Gunn, my goodness, you didn't get all of it the first time. I get in Carla's car, she got that going. I turn to Carl, Trisha's teaching about more than a conqueror. Wow. But see, it's amazing what you miss the first time. And you go over it, and you keep going over it. And see, because the word is alive, even things that you heard the first time, when you hear it again, and you're going through a certain situation, Sometimes 
something will pop out of there that will minister to you right where you are at that time. Anybody ever have something hop out when you listen to the word? Huh? Sometimes I, I go to sleep. Sometimes, man, man, folk, I don't know how folk go to sleep listening to bad news and listening to politics and listening to all the bad stuff. Man, I, I like to go to sleep on a good note, on the good foot. <laughs> Got these old school references all of a sudden. Sometimes when I go to sleep, I'm giving you some keys, man. I mean, this, this is some powerful stuff. Sometimes when you, you ever get in the, those areas where you're just not sure, you just seem a little off, it's like, man, um, man what's, what's going on? Just pop in the word. I don't care. Just, well, let me get a, a scripture. I, I need a word specifically, specifically for this situation I'm going through. Don't be concerned about that. There's power in the gospel. Just listen, just get out any teaching. Just pull something out. No mixture. Pure gospel. Put it in. I don't care what it is. Because, see, when you're listening to the pure gospel, it's all about Jesus, right? When you're listening to grace teaching, which the gospel is the gospel of grace, look at the first chapter of Galatians. So, Paul said, on two occasions, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So when you're hearing the pure gospel, you're hearing Jesus, and all of a sudden, you lift it up, you're built up, you're encouraged, you're charged up. And sometimes before I go to sleep, I'll read something or I'll listen to something, and I'll listen long enough before I go to sleep until, I, until something jumps out. <clears throat> And some jump out and start talking to me and it really blesses me, turn it off and I go to sleep thinking about it. What about going to bed thinking about, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Huh? See, I can't go to sleep listening to horror movies, watching horror movies and going to sleep. Man, <clears throat> now Carla, she, she really doesn't. It, like, she can't watch no certain things and then go to sleep. The, the, am I making sense to anybody? These are some practical things. People looking for practical things you do. Sometimes people looking at, trying to be, be, get complicated. Well, how do I see Jesus? How, how do I see him? This is his word. And... Wow, I didn't even touch this yet. He does miracles through the hearing of faith. Miracles can pop off while you're hearing the word. Here, God does something there. While I'm at it, let me address something else. And I thought about this the other day, and I hear this statement, and I have a problem with it. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why I have a problem with it, because I couldn't explain it before, but now I can explain it a little more clearly. Um, when, when people say this statement, won't he do it? I couldn't reconcile that with it's already done. But then sometimes I say God will come through for you, so he will do it. So I got a little confused myself. So 
Uh, but I got a revelation because most of the time when people say, won't he do it, they don't understand he did it. Now, if you understand he's already done it, then you know he'll do it. Does that make sense to you? But that's why I don't really respond when people, won't he do it? You know, because a lot of times that comes from a place of they're waiting for him to do something, not understanding that it was a finished work. I'm teaching here. Because see, people, you know, religious statements. Won't he do it? And see, most of the time when people are making that statement, they're waiting. Uh, well, he hasn't done it yet. I know he's going to do it. See, you're not going to get anything that way because you don't understand that, for example, if it's healing, it's a finished work. It's already done. So what I'm waiting for, for him to do, is just a manifestation of what he did. So it's all right to say, you know, I, I, know, that, I know that this thing, I know, I know God's coming through for me. I know this thing's going to change. And, and, and the hearing of faith, just, just hearing, just hearing it does something, whether you can see it, because sometimes people just focus on that manifestation. But when you're hearing the word, you're seeing what he has already done. You see, oh, man, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm already rich. Before Joseph did anything, he was a naked on a slave block. His brother sold him into slavery. He's naked on a slave block and was bought by Potiphar. And he was a slave in his house. And before he got a chance to do anything, God said, Joseph was a successful man. Before he did anything, he was already a success. And it tells us why. He said, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. He was successful because the Lord was with him. The Lord with you makes you a success. And he didn't even have Jesus living in him. He was just with him. Jesus is in you. So how much more are you successful? But what do you see? What do you see? How, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ? That's something right there. When you, see, because I challenge you to go through Proverbs and read all of the scriptures that talk about the righteous and see the benefits. One of them is blessings are on the head of the righteous. Well, what, what's the, what, what's, what does that do going on talking about saying, you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ? What does that mean? What is that? I'm glad you asked that. That you have right standing with God. That you're approved, you're highly favored, you're accepted. It, it means all of that. I mean, you, you're right with God. There's nothing wrong, at all wrong with you. You have the same righteousness as Jesus. You have the same standing with your Heavenly Father that Jesus has. 
<laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. You have authority in the name of Jesus. Somebody cross your legs and say, I'm in charge. Thank you, Lord. There's a boldness that comes on. That's something else. That's another benefit, huh? The righteous are bold as a lion. Man, we're, we're, we're bold. Man, I get fired up. I'm going to do some teaching on, uh, um, I know I need to, no, I don't need to do nothing. I need to do what I'm doing right now. Praise the Lord. But um, I want to do some teaching on spiritual warfare. Don't even get me started on that. And there, there's stuff that, like right, right what I'm doing right now, you see how quiet it is? There's nothing sensational about it. Not hollering at spirits. Ah, these Jezebel spirits. We've got to come against these spirits and witches and witchcrafts. They're moving forward. I just heard some stuff like that, man. And they had these courses. I see it on Facebook. They sell this stuff about Jezebel spirits and Divathon, spirit, whatever they call it. I can't even pronounce them. Where do they get this daggone stuff from? And But what it does, and what's interesting, because I'm looking for Jesus in this. Like, let me see if they mention Jesus in, all, in the midst of all these talk about demons and all these different spirits. And see, there's something, you know, you know who likes that? We're still in this flesh. The flesh likes that. The flesh likes to go to services where you just, just get this demon off of me. I've got to be something because I've got these issues, man, and there's got to be these, you know, maybe third, fourth generational spirit or something. Somebody will point out that that must be it, and they go, I mean, get it off me. Lay hands on me, and man, and people hollering and screaming at you, and people like that. People like that because the flesh likes that. Give me something to do. Give me some cantation. Is that a word? <laughs> give me some some kind of formula. Give me, give me, get this demon off of me. I mean, these spirits and what what is it? Jezebel? Uh, yeah, I think that's why I got it's a Jezebel spirit. My goodness. And I'm look, I'm listening for Jesus. And it's interesting that uh, one of these I was listening a little bit until I couldn't take it no more because I was about to go to sleep. And I'm not going to go to sleep thinking about demons. Because <laughs> if you listen to that, what, what happens? Faith comes by hearing. You think, man, you, get, you start getting what? Demon conscious instead of Jesus conscious. So in the midst of this teaching, they're, they're talking about Jesus a little, just a little tiny. And they said that uh, it's interesting because they said something very true, but this is the mixed stuff that you got to look out for. They said that... Uh, Jesus, the name of Jesus, uh, you have authority over all these spirits in the name of Jesus. Well, full stop. Then stop the rest of that stuff. Whatever spirit coming, I don't deny that there's demons, but what did Jesus do? Let's look to Jesus, my goodness. I mean, he didn't say, oh. Now, let me tell you about these 20 spirits. When the guy had a demon-possessed boy, remember that? And uh, he brought his demon-possessed boy to Jesus, 
<laughs> and it's interesting that the demon wasn't being playing nice. I mean, he's acting a fool. And Jesus, Jesus, is so cool, man. He's like, how long has this been happening? <laughs> How long has this been up, you know? And then you just cast the demon out. That's simple. That's too simple for people. People that won't sell sixteen uh, tapes series on how to get rid of generational curses. Cause I got a I got a, a one a, a thirty second series. Christ has redeemed you from the curse. Oh, no, no, that's just, it's too simple. The gospel is almost too good to be true. Because Jesus already, Jesus took care of the demons on the cross. And he tells you to walk on them. It never tells us to fight the devil. In fact, the craziest demon that I saw in the Bible was them cats, that, 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 that dude that they, they put him in the, I mean, you heard of the detention camps. This is worse, way worse. I don't even think he had a guard. They probably just, they put him in the tombs. He's in, he living in the tombs all chained up, and they le left alone. <laughs> That's how bad he was. And Jesus just, you know, went on and just, cast those demons out. I'm not, I'm not getting my stories mixed up. And then that the one where he, he threw them in the, he told them to go in the pigs. That madman of Gadara, yeah, and then um, and he told them demons to go get in the, he didn't try to identify what kind of demon it was and all this kind of stuff. He sent them in the pigs. And the pigs, you know what, the pigs, the pigs got sense enough not to be demon possessed. They went and went in the, in the sea and got drowned. Like some folks say they drowned it. <laughs> See, Jesus didn't make a big deal. Uh, that's my point. He said, walk on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the devil. The Bible never tells us to fight the devil. This is my whole. See, this don't sell a whole lot of tapes because I'm just telling you in five minutes about demons. They're defeated. The Bible never tells you one time to fight the devil. He tells us to walk on serpents and scorpions, Luke 10, 19. Tells us to cast him out, Luke, uh, Matthew 16, 17. In my name, you'll cast out demons. That's the end of it. Amen. Demons start acting up, come out. Right. Let's go have some, uh, some lunch. Cast him out, walk on him, resist, submit to God first, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Right? James 4, uh, 7. And then um, give the devil no place, Ephesians 4. Don't fight him. Give him no place. Resist him. Cast him out. Walk on him. Oh, I met this witch. Third order of high ranking 
Which? So what? <laughs> so what? Smith Wigglesworth said the demon, and he woke up, and the demon was at the foot of the bed. And somebody, some folk went, well, Lord Jesus. No. He didn't even bother messing with it. He didn't even bother casting him out. He said, it's, oh, it's you. And he went back to sleep. That's some boldness right there, man. That, see, that takes an understanding and a knowing that there's nothing that the demons can do to you because you're in Christ Jesus. And let me say something else while I'm at it. I get stirred up when I listen to that because I want to I help the body of Christ, man. But see, this is not sensational. See, people don't like this. The flesh don't like the, what is me? What do you mean it's the finish? It ain't finished till I say it's finished. <laughs> that's, what the, that's the kind of language the devil uses. He don't want you to know it's finished. He wants you to work for it. It's going to take some work. 19 steps to God's presence. No steps. Jesus collapsed the steps. He entered the presence of God for us. He said, come. Come to me. All you labor and heavy laden, I'll give you R-E-S-T. What he was talking about, those, the burdens of the law, trying to be good enough to get something. Thank you, Lord. Jesus collapsed his steps. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. Step on up. He put us in the presence of God. You're in the presence of God right now. When you wake up in the morning, you're brushing your teeth and you half sleep. You're in the presence of God. Some folks watching this, man, got to be like turning colors. They get angry. Why are you getting angry? That's your flesh. I, I, I already told you. That's what that is. That's your flesh. That ain't your spirit. That's your flesh. You, you get mad at this because it seems too simple. Duh. Jesus made it simple. Because you had to, you had to work. I already messed this message up with our plan. <laughs> the gospel starts us at the finish line. See, under the old covenant, listen, under the old covenant, they had to do something they had to achieve in order, in order to get God to accept them. They had to keep the law. They had to keep the rules. They had to obey the commandments. And when they did that, then God would bless them. Then God would favor them. Okay? Under the new covenant, we're blessed because of Jesus. See? And like under the old covenant, let me go back there, you had to work to be 
complete, but it's not a total completion, it's somewhat completion. I mean, you, you, you work to get God to, to get at a certain place where God wanted you to be and to be accepted, to be approved. Now, under the new covenant, we start at the finish line. Colossians says, I'm, I'm going to read it for you in um, see, Colossians 2 and verse 10. I can quote it, but I'm not. I want you to see this. Just so somebody won't accuse me of saying, well, he didn't turn to no scripture. How you go to that church? That man don't even turn to the scripture. I gave you a lot of scriptures. You just couldn't keep up. And you are complete in him. Now, see, that's easy. It's too, too simple for people. I told you, Tim Smith gave me that word. My new book is simple. It's simple. You are complete in him. You're not trying to be complete. You're not working to be complete. No, it doesn't say you're complete. You're complete How? Let's let's go kick it old school. Y'all got time to flip the and turn turn in your Bibles or pull it up on your phone. You showing me a phone? Yeah, you got it right. So well, then answer the question then. You complete how? I can't hear you. Yeah. Like Sergeant Carter, I can't hear you. Remember Sergeant Carter in the old school folk, huh? Going with Powell? And hear you. You complete. How you complete? Mark that. Highlight that in your Bible app. Underline that. You complete in Him. I'm already complete. Because it's finished. I'm a done deal. I, you, are a finished work. You complete. Amen. You, you, you're not trying to be sanctified. You are sanctified. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, you are sanctified. This came up in our Bible study. And somebody mentioned that, that you know, um, I was always taught, but she, thank God for people that are open and ready to receive, ready to change their mind and repent. I talked to Ashley Barnett, really ministered. She ministered at, at, at Adrian's Girls, uh, Beautiful Girls Weekend, and she said something, and I meant to share it with her, but I had forgot what she said. I said, oh, it was so good. And then when she came by the house, I was like, what was that that you shared? She talked about having a transformed state of mind. I was like, that was good. A transformed state of mind. And see, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And see, just, I mean, man, that's some powerful stuff. And so, um, to repent means to change your mind. That's what repent means. It means to change your mind. 
Well, I thought it meant to change your behavior. No, it's, it means it's metanoia in the Greek. Okay? And it means to change your mind. Uh, we had that happen in uh, Bible study this week. A lady, she said, well, I thought that sanctification was progressive. That you become more sanctified. Boy, I tell you, this gospel is so good. I want you to see this for yourself. Look, look at 1 Corinthians 11. Let's see what the Bible says, though. I know what religion has said. You know, holiness and sanctification come from the same Greek word. I wrote a devotional about that. Did y'all get that yet? I, I, I get confused about these devotionals. I don't know. Some people are on different schedules or whatever, but if you're on the same schedule I'm on, you'll get it in the morning, some notes on this, what I'm getting ready to talk about. But, but look, look at this. Y'all quiet again. But the gospel is so good. Some of y'all can identify this. I'm going to back up to verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? You're not unrighteous, are you? You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Um, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters. Well, I got to make sure I'm not doing this stuff. You're not that. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. These, these are not you. You were this. Maybe not all of it, but you, but you manifested some of this stuff or something like it or whatever. You, we, got, we all had some stuff because we were dead spiritually. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals. That's what I'm talking about today. We got these homosexuals and, and uh, got... So sodomites, thieves, and that—that's what a lot of preachers about. We ain't got to be concerned about all these terrorists, Osama bin Laden. We got these terrorists in the church. Some have been lying. Some have been cheating. Some have been stealing. <laughs> All right. No covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, people stop reading that. See, y'all got to stop that and get that mess out your life. Because, see, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Take him totally out of context. He's talking about the unrighteous. He's not talking about you. Somebody holler at to tell me what the next verse says. Why don't people go on reading? What's the, what's the next verse say? First line. Do y'all have a smartphones or a dumb phone? Y'all looking at that? Huh? I'm talking to you. I'm going to let you go eat in a minute. Such what? Huh? Such, such what? What's the second word? Word. That's a key word right there. Such word, say word. What's the difference between word R? See, you think you 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 looking at me, Pastor? That's just simple. That's right. But see, people look over this stuff, and you see, they just pull scriptures out of the Bible and and holler at people. 
And it doesn't even mean that. You're not that. You were that. And it goes on to say that, that you're trying to be sanctified. Right? 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 No. You, 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 you were what? You were washed? You were. How many times is were in here? Count. One, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Huh? How many times? Four times? What? That's all Spanish I know. <laughs> this is very important. We need to camp here. So why are we trying to be sanctified? You were. You were justified. What does it mean? To be declared righteous. Right? Thank you, Lord. You were declared righteous. You don't, you're not trying to be more righteous. You're already the righteousness of God in Christ. Let me see if I can pull up another scripture on that. There is more. Thank you, Lord. Y'all getting some out of this? So, so you see, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not trying to be sanctified. You are sanctified. It's not progressive. But you, you know what happens? Is as you're living this life out in Christ, what people see as progressive is not a progressive sanctification. When they see more fruit coming out and they see you're changing, it, it's a progressive expression. Of who you are. It's not progressive sanctification. Anybody see the difference? It's a progressive expression. <laughs> Man, I love it. I might give you one more scripture if you're good. No, if I if I can find it. But you are good. You wash. Say I'm washed. Say I'm sanctified. Say I'm justified. Justify means to declare righteous. Thank you, Lord. Maybe I already put that out. Did I put that out already? Anybody get my notes on my devotional on sanctification? You should have got it at 6 o'clock this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. You are already sanctified. Oh, yeah, here's another, here's another one. 1 Corinthians 1.30. It's not that far away. If you turn it. You're all, say, I'm already sanctified. And sanctification and holiness, again, comes from the same Greek word. So they're really talking about the same thing. Holy, sanctified, they're the same thing. They're not separate. They're the same thing. 
How many, uh, how many of you are in Christ Jesus? We'll close with this. Um, how many are you in Christ Jesus? Yes. But of him, verse 30, you are what? In who? Christ Jesus. Remember, I, I'd give you that illustration. Like if this, if this card here is you and this Bible is Jesus, you're in here, you're in, you're in. It's still too big. I don't want you to see nothing. Let's see, when you're in here, see here, in Christ, this is you, this is Christ, you're in Christ, right? And see, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see your faults. He doesn't see your shortcomings. He sees Jesus, amen? But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us, what? Wisdom from God. He became for us. He took our place. He became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, he became for us wisdom from God. What else? Righteousness. What else? Sanctification and redemption. He is your righteousness. He is your sanctification. He is your redemption. We know we, we've redeemed. We are redeemed. That's past, past tense, right? We know that he was made to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. We know that that's past tense. So why do we think that sanctification is any different? Why do we think that's progressive? Your sanctification is a done deal. One and done. Jesus on a cross became your sanctification. God sees you. He sees the one who became our sanctification. He did it for you. He did all the work. Well, shoot, if I believe that, what do I, what do I need to do? Believe. Believe that you're sanctified. Believe that you're righteous. Believe that you're washed. Believe that you have no curse on you. He redeemed us from the curse that the blessing of Abraham would come upon. 